I've been watching a lot about the news. I'm sure you all have too about uh, what's going on in the Ukraine. And it seems like just uh, before that, there were so many other things that were going on that uh, are now getting completely ignored. So it got me thinking a lot about uh, when somebody starts a conversation with deception. All other subsequent information imparted by them must be questioned as whether it is viable. Lies typically are told to cover conspiracies and secrets. The very first day of the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, the backdoor gossip from the mainstream media began its quick procession across the outhouse landscape, much like a stomach virus noted by its violent diarrhea, which keeps those afflicted kneeling at the porcelain altar. The media on day one began to use words like expansionism and imperialism. On that day, they began to paint a narrative of Vladimir Putin as a tyrant whose goal is to expand Russia by the conquest of all lands of the former Soviet Union. Justin Trudeau hypocritically made an announcement that Canada will stand against authoritarianism as he was announcing sanctions against Russia. This is the same guy that in recent days has announced that he is invoking an Emergency Powers Act, which has allowed him to seize personal and corporate bank accounts of peaceful protesters and those supporting them, confiscate their vehicles and sell them at auction, revoke their licenses, suspend their insurance, and imprison them. Trudeau threatened truckers saying, you don't want to end up losing your license, end up with a criminal record, which will impact your job, your livelihood, even your ability to travel internationally, including to the U.S. Trudeau said the emergency powers would be limited in its scope and that he's not calling in the military. But some are calling him a totalitarian and a tyrant because he's threatening to strike at truckers' livelihoods and their ability to work in the future. In reference to these emergency powers, Christia Freeland, Trudeau's deputy, said that they must be made permanent. The fascist tools they use to destroy the use of crowdsourcing payment providers, cryptocurrency, and wallets will be permanent, requiring financial services to share, review, and freeze accounts proactively with immunity. Must be permanent. Freeland says, also, insurance on trucks that are used in protests must be denied. In other words, if you have a different political opinion from theirs and protest, they will take your freedom and your livelihood from you. Those are just examples of some of the tools they will make part of their permanent toolbox, according to Freeland. Christia Freeland, a director of none other than Klaus Schwab's WEF, World Economic Forum, said the powers are necessary and allowed for a peaceful resolution. This is all while women are trampled by Canadian Gestapo on horses in the streets, truckers are pulled out of their trucks and driven to the wilderness where they are abandoned or taken to prison, and others are kicked and hit by, with batons after peacefully surrendering. We mustn't neglect to mention that the abuses only apply to white citizens. Freeland is the granddaughter of a Nazi propagandist and has funneled Canadian tax dollars to Ukrainian Nazi battalions like the Azovs. So let's take a look at the foundation of this initial narrative. Alexander the Great became ruler of Macedonia in 336 BC, and by 334 BC had already attacked the Persian Empire. Within two years, his expansionist goals had come to fruition, and his kingdom had spread to, the, to Persia. Napoleon Bonaparte became the emperor of France in 1804, and by December of that same year had declared war on Great Britain. In less than one year, the Napoleonic Wars were underway and his imperial expansionism views came into fruition. Adolf Hitler became Chancellor of Germany in 1933. 
At the time he took full control, Germany was bankrupt and its people were desperate. Within five years, Hitler built the German armed forces into the most powerful military that had ever existed up to that point in time. His expansion began in 1938 with his annexing of what was known at the time as the northern, southern, and western areas of former Czechoslovakia. Now here, in 2022, we are being told that President Putin is an imperialist who seeks only to expand his empire. This man became president of Russia in 1999. So what our enemies within want us to swallow is a narrative that Vladimir Putin is an expansionist who seeks conquest. In the age of so much fake news, my personal opinion of Putin is undecided. Although I'm not a supporter of any war absent of cause, because war is a very terrible thing that always involves collateral damage, including innocent civilians, as we're seeing. Truth be told, madmen like Hitler don't wait 23 years to begin their conquests. Being that I believe this initial narrative is a lie, and therefore we must seek out the truth and question the fake news on everything they say, the fact that we are being told who our enemies are by people here in America who by their own words have shown contempt for this amazing nation, should cause us all to pause. While most Americans are watching the trickery of the right hand, I'm trying desperately to see what the left hand is doing. As the stock markets around the world begin a seeming free fall, I can't help but wonder if this is caused by the Ukrainian debacle or if Ukraine is a goat rope meant to cover a coming financial crash. The fact that this inept Biden administration immediately began taking cover under this war for its financial woes makes it a convenient story for them. One thing is for sure, as this fresh streaming pile is excreted upon the American landscape, many Americans will pick it up and eat it with great enthusiasm. Another fun fact is that two weeks ago, millions of people from all over the world were taking to the streets in protest over their own tyrannical governments but now their ire has been successfully redirected towards a different tyranny. It kind of reminds me of herding goats. Should the truckers in Canada and America just go home now because no one is watching? One thing is for sure, Justin Trudeau owes Vladimir Putin a case of Grey Goose vodka for this solid favor. I read an article this morning about former Secretary of State and now the climate czar, John Kerry, making a plea to Putin about global warming his nonsensical request to Putin was for the Russian president to keep climate change in mind as he conducts his war. I can't decide if this Herman Munster lookalike is moronic or if he is complicit in seeking that Putin solve the problem. After all, despots and fools might just view nuclear winter as a viable solution to global warming. I'm not sure what else John Kerry could have meant. I don't know if Hillary sent you the email yet through her private server Mr. Climate Czar, but the Russians stopped obeying the czars in 1917. Please understand that listening to the mainstream media will assure your total ignorance and compliance during the coming calamities, because these outlets of information were bought and paid for long ago by shadow dwellers hell-bent on your destruction. Listening to them will have the same effect as a self-performed frontal lobotomy. It should be obvious to all of us that are paying attention that the events going on all around the world do not make any logical sense. The ignorance of the masses is allowing narcissistic, power-thirsty tyrants all over the world to seize control of everything 
with the help of a global state-run media. The signs are there, although they are easy to dismiss. Just ask anyone who spent many years married to a narcissist or who was raised in a home as the sibling to a psychopath, and they, in hindsight, will remember those little gut-wrenching tugs of intuition. I say siblings because typically parents are so psychologically delusional about their own progeny, often blinded by an unconditional love. My child wouldn't do that. Is not just something they say to others, but to themselves as well. Subconsciously, we tend to think of our children as extensions of ourselves and as, as such not autonomous. This association with our children often convinces us that because we wouldn't do something, then neither would our children. I find it funny that our small children seem to recognize differences that parents are often oblivious to. Think, if you will, this morning of Paula Dietz, who spent 34 years married to the serial killer Dennis Rader. Although she has spent the last 17 years after his arrest in silence, I'm sure that she would admit, in hindsight, there were small indications of Raider's psychopathy, although over time, dysfunctional lifestyles can take on normalcy. Typically, the family members of evil people travel one of two pathways. When confronted by the irrefutable confirmation of their family's monster's existence, they either take into themselves a full denial mentality or a self-guilt existence. We Americans are akin to a mother who has been oblivious to the nature of our misbehaving narcissistic child. The information we all need to put an end to our own naivety is laid out plainly before us and is in no way circumstantial or subjective. This nation is young in comparison to other nations in the world. In fact, it is a child compared to all other nations. It was conceived in liberty with the tenets of God as its guide, and as such possesses great potential. As this nation grew, it became the envy of this world. Despite its many failures and dark secrets, even today, this nation is still the haven of rest and freedom for the millions who seek it out. But as this nation ages, there is real evidence that it is becoming just like all the other nations of the world, and it is moving from being the narcissistic adolescent to a full-grown psychopath. The more this country and its people abandon its credo of in God we trust, the more dysfunctional it becomes. Like me, many of you have become free of being in denial. I can now see the direction that this young nation is going and the fact that it's being reared by evil men and is in danger of becoming a future Pennywise. Please understand this. The moment we relinquished control of our money system to a few private families and corporations during the Christmas holidays in 1913, we set in motion a monumental change to our representative system. Last year, the United States government paid the Federal Reserve $500 billion in interest on loans that these private families made to our government. There are a relatively small number of families, both here in the United States and abroad, who own all the world's banks. Here's a concept that we should all understand. When you control someone's money, you control them. Our representatives are there just to give us the illusion of control, but we have almost no control. As Russia and NATO square off against each other with threats of war, 
we the people of the world must understand that all these nations have the same master. It is not until we understand that the illusions being played out before us are intentional. Can we have any hope of changing things? For years now, we've heard talk of the deep state and the cabal. And this somewhat small group of people with unlimited means constitute a worldwide shadow government. These people have the power to print money with no oversight from governments. And because of this, they have unlimited means and power. It is important that you read the words spoken by President John F. Kennedy in 1961, known as the Secret Society speech, and understand what he was saying. We know what happened when John F. Kennedy went against the shadow dwellers, and we all have witnessed what is still happening to President Trump. In 2017, when President Trump stood before these shadow creatures at Davos and declared that his administration would re reject globalism, he was declared war upon the secret system. We all witnessed the insanity that ensued after that. I'm going to recite some of the words from President Kennedy's famous speech. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are as people inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by limiting its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it is my control and no official of my administration whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. But I do ask every publisher, every editor, and every newsman in the nation to re-examine his own standards and to recognize the nature of our country's peril. In time of war, the government and the press have customarily joined in an effort based largely on self-discipline to prevent unauthorized disclosures to the enemy. In time of clear and present danger, the courts have held that even the privileged rights of the First Amendment must yield to the public's need for national security. Really? Today, no war has been declared, and however fierce and struggle may it be, it may never be declared in the traditional fashion. Our way of life is under attack. Those who make themselves our enemy are advancing around the globe. Their survival of our friends is in danger, and yet no war has been declared. No borders have been crossed by marching troops. No missiles have been fired. If the press is awaiting a declaration of war before it imposes the self-discipline of combat conditions, then I can only say that no war ever posed a greater threat to our society. If you are awaiting a finding of clear and present danger, then I can only say that the danger has never been more clear and its presence 
has never been more imminent. It requires a change in outlook, a change in tactics, a change in missions by the government, by the people, by every businessman or labor leader, and by every newspaper. For we are opposed under the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covert means for expanding its spheres of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned. No rumor is printed. No secret is revealed. It conducts the Cold War, in short, with a wartime discipline no democracy would ever hope or wish to match.